0: Good evening, wherever you are, and thank you for joining the Just Like the Movies podcast into 2022, our first our first episode in the new year. We hope we all had a good one. I know from the small sampling of people I asked, people kept it pretty low-key this year. Uh, I don't know about you, Johnny, but I, I kind of did the same thing. How are you doing today, man?
1: Good, buddy. Yeah, low-key, just uh, me, the wife, the kids, kids went to bed, And uh, we popped a bottle of Cristal And uh, um, I actually did I actually did Because my buddy Chad Who you know well uh, Five years ago for for a housewarming party Got us uh, a bottle of that And we just never knew We're like there's got to be a bigger time to use this And we're like it's been five years We got two kids They're in bed We're opening that fucking bottle of Cristal (laughs) And you know what Mike You know what it tasted like uh martini and rossi osti spumani like fucking ten dollar (sighs)
0: champagne sorry chad
1: (laughs) no but it was it's still awesome Mm. and it you know it was great and i enjoyed it it's just like champagne to me is champagne that's all
0: i'm saying i get a hangover when Uh, i look at a bottle of champagne so i don't really drink that much of that stuff anymore
1: but yeah thank you chad it aged five years uh Better than you have, so appreciate uh, you providing that to me. So so Um,
0: after that little stop to
1: bourgeois corner, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, happy New Year, man. Happy. We're we're here. We've technically been podcasting for three calendar years, even though it's only been a little over a year because we started at the very end of 2020 um, because of the pandemic. And here here we are. There's still a pandemic going on, (laughs) and here we are still going on, but. Uh, There's one thing I wanted to say, and it's that doing this podcast has been a blast. Uh, I hope everyone's been enjoying it. Um, And real quick, you know, we kind of said it last time, Mike, Spotify does the reviews now like Apple. So if people are down, even if you don't listen to us on Spotify and you have Spotify, just go over there look us up just like the movies and just rate us and hit five stars it really helps us out a lot a bunch of people have done it already so we appreciate that Uh, but it really goes a long way for us and it takes you two seconds and doesn't cost you a dime so that's all i had to say mike so what are we what are we podcasting about today well what did i pick
0: yeah, your pick. We're going to do a very switched-on episode talking about Austin Powers: International Man. Did I of Mystery. pick it
1: or did you pick it? I, I picked remember. it,
0: but it was like kind of on your behalf, like for Wayne's World. You expressed interest oh, in right. it, so this is what has brought Mike Myers to the podcast. You, I just want you said you had a really like you had a very vivid memory about um, when you first saw it. Why don't we just start there?
1: Yeah. So it was. I know it was 1997. And it was around the same time like the Star Wars trilogy came back out in theaters like when they re-released the special edition and we had like this big theater chain it was called at the time Sony theaters and now they've been they were bought out by AMC I think they're still AMC theaters but then we also had this other sort of like rinky-dink old school theater <laughs> in the town near us and that was the theater that was playing Austin Powers so I remember going in there the sound was a little shoddy, but you know, the floors had the right amount of stick to it. It had that old theater smell in the air. And I just remember watching this movie and going to see it because I, I remember liking, you know, Wayne's World. And I'm like, let me check this out. This looks kind of funny. I remember the commercials for it looked funny. And at the time, I didn't grasp that it was like a James Bond spoof necessarily. I just remember thinking Mike Myers was funny. The previews looked really funny. So um, we got dropped off. We weren't able to drive yet, me and a couple of buddies. I remember watching it And I remember just laughing Really Really hard In the theater At this movie And uh, Just having an absolute blast And You know Probably getting a semi Because when you're 15 You get boners easily At the Fembots And Led by Led by The voluptuous Toit Cindy Margolis um, <laughs> as, as we'll get into later I'm sure Once we get the engines Greased here But um, Yeah I remember seeing it In that specific theater It was called The Cine The theater and now it's been torn down and turned into like a wells fargo or something so it's too it's good just, to live. Uh, yeah it was it was but i remember just one of those it, nothing extravagant happened or anything like that but i remember where i was and what theater i was in and sitting there and watching austin powers this brand new movie up on the screen and uh, just having a blast so uh, i don't always have those stories for the movies that we do And some of the movies i'm like i don't remember when i first watched this but that one I don't know why, man. I do. How about you? Did yeah. you see Austin Powers in theater? I
0: did. I. Uh, it's not as uh, good as your story, but um, I saw it at the theater in the adjoining town, and it was like it was right at the end of its theatrical run, so it was down to one showtime a day. So uh-huh. like it was it was showing at twelve fifteen, and I was the only. It was the. It's the only time in my life I've ever been in a movie theater completely by myself. There was nobody... It was, uh, so, uh, again, I was I was guffawing like an idiot. I was doing it guilt-free because there was no one else <laughs> in the theater. So, I mean, for some reason... Again, I I was we're about the same age, so I wasn't driving back then. I remember my like, my mom or my brother would drop me off at the movies sometimes, and I would just watch, like, two or three of them in a day, and then they oh, would come nice. and pick me up. But that wasn't... That might have been one of those days, but I definitely remember seeing Austin Powers. I don't remember if it was a double feature or not that day, but... I remember seeing it, and thinking it was really funny. Same thing, like I saw Wayne's World when I was by, like I'm all by my lonesome too. But I wasn't in an empty theater when I saw it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Now,
1: when you would get dropped off at the theater and do multiple movies, would you do buy one and then do the sneak in, or would you be buying tickets to all these? Nah, things?
0: dude, I'm I'm pretty square. I bought the tickets. I never, I didn't, I didn't sneak <laughs> from a, theater to theater.
1: What a good citizen you really are. <laughs>
0: I know you, you. wouldn't think it by looking at me, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty uptight and square, generally speaking.
1: <laughs> this guy follows the rules to a T. Um, so on, on the rewatch, uh, how, I remember you and I, you know, if if you haven't listened to our Wayne's World podcast, both Mike and I kind of said there there were some parts of the Wayne's World that really ran stale. Um, and this is a Mike Myers project. It has similar type of humor Though, in my opinion, quite different um, What was your experience On the rewatch for uh, Austin Powers and, and we're just talking about the first one, by the way International Man of Mystery
0: <laughs> it was, it, You know, honestly You bringing that up um, I, was a, I was actually not quite sure How I was going to address it Because a lot of the jokes did fall flat And a lot of it had to do with And I remembered, it was like you know, I had the same problem with Wayne's World It was like Mike Myers' shtick just had a time and a place. It doesn't mean there weren't funny lines in the movie. There weren't funny moments. And then, like, one of the things I realized was just how how many of the quotes I use and have repurposed in my life. <laughs> pro- maybe more so than any movie we've ever done. Just, just like, so many random lines that that I use for all kinds of different things. But watching it this time, it was it was still funny, but, like, some of the bits just didn't work for me. Like, the whole Tom Arnold scene didn't work. Um, some of the more drawn-out stuff. And then, like, Mike Myers wrote the script himself, I believe. And this was pretty much, a, he was driving on this project. You know, he cast himself as the lead. and um, He was
1: driving while he wrote it? Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> Made a book out of that. Um, <laughs> he, but he... Uh, You know, he had all these influences for creating the character, which I thought were... It was very... Like, you want to talk about a a character that had a thousand fathers, this would be one of them. I don't know how much you got into all that, but it was like... He started this fake rock band from the 60s with Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals. Oh. Yeah. It's about the reaction I expected. (laughs) So, like, Austin Powers (laughs) started off as a character from that that was based on his love for British comedy that his dad passed on to him. And yeah. it was from all these crazy shows. I'm I'm not even gonna pretend like I've heard of any of these, like uh, Adam Adamant and Jason King from Department S. And uh,
1: I tried looking them up, and I was like, I I don't care. Like <laughs> I, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like
0: it, I mean, I, I looked into it a little bit. Like uh, the the Jason King character was more for like visual cues, like his outfits, like dressing like a dandy. And then, uh, of course, the glasses are a reference to the Harry Palmer character that Michael Caine played in the 60s. I think the biggest movie from that was called The Ipgris File. I might have seen that, but I don't remember anything particular about it. But, uh, and then, so that's interesting. They brought him in later to be part of the franchise because the character is partially based on on the Harry Palmer character he played in those movies. And um, he was also supposedly, Elizabeth Hurley said he was based on this... um, British TV presenter and DJ named Simon D who if you kind of watch clips of him you could kind of see it but not really. It's mainly from his outro where he pulls up in a Jaguar convertible and this hot blonde hops in the passenger seat he drives away. It's a very like yeah. Austin Powers type of thing. It's also kind of inspired by Peter Sellers this one movie oh, yeah. called um, There's a Girl in My Soup and I watched a clip of it and he definitely took some cues from that performance so the Austin Powers character is this amalgamation of Mike Myers love for British comedy his character from this band a bunch of like TV characters and of course James Bond and and
1: also like his father himself like his parents were both uh, immigrants from Liverpool to Toronto and he was born in Toronto so he grew up with those accents around him all the time he probably uh, you know picked up on those or even had one as a little kid that he eventually lost and if you go back to SNL He had this skit he used to do called Simon I don't know if you remember Simon Where he was in the bathtub
0: No I don't remember that one
1: He played like this little British kid <laughs> And he was you know a full grown man Playing a little British boy in the bathtub And he would do drawings <laughs> And he would have you know people in the bathtub with him And he'd be, call people You cheeky little monkey <laughs> You know stuff like that And if you listen to that voice It is the same exact English voice That he does for Austin Powers So he he took that voice, carried it over to Austin Powers. But then also, um, I think even self-admittedly, he said it was a, a little bit of the character and the personality was a bit of a nod to his father. Uh, a bit of a how's your father, if you will. Um, so, And we'll probably be dropping in, without even realizing it, other Austin Powers references that aren't even in this first movie. But uh, how's your father is certainly a good one. Um, so yeah I I agree it's funny and then you flip to the other side and and this is probably even more known by a lot of people especially again if you listen to our Wayne's World podcast that Dr. Evil is not only based off of a James Bond villain uh, quite visually and even with the cat and the scar and stuff but the personality is based off of Lorne Michaels uh, the creator of Saturday Night Live which it is documented that not to re you know be redundant on our podcasts but it's been a while since we did the wayne's world one that he kind of ripped this impression off of dana carvey who did who always did a Lorne michaels impression on the show <laughs> and so it, it, that caused wayne and garth to have this huge rift for a very long time uh almost like a bill murray harold Ramis type of situation and they finally made peace and they've you know, made their wayne's world cameos and that sort of stuff but uh Dr. Evil a very controversial character Because it led to quite the rift Between two uh, one time Very good uh, co-creators uh, If not friends Yeah, so, yeah uh, there, we, there's your, we, main, your main lead And your main villain both played By the uh, No ego
0: whatsoever Mike Myers But that wasn't how it was supposed to be He wanted Jim Carrey to play Dr. Evil
1: With the, Which I didn't know until I researched this Me I, I'm surprised I never heard Yeah isn't that weird that we had never heard that before?
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we just didn't pay attention to stuff like that back then because he was making liar liar at the time. And How's he?
1: Yeah, there's no way he's affording Jim Carrey. I think the budget for this movie was less than Jim Carrey's salary.
0: Yeah, or it was like right there. Like, I think the movie yeah. was like 17 million or something. 17, 20 yeah. million. I think Jim Carrey at the time was getting 15 a movie because this was post cable yeah, yeah, yeah. guy.
1: And he was the first $20 million man, I believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, yeah. Like, I mean, that is an interesting thing to think of, but if, only if, well, to me, only if he took the direction, like, you have to try to do what a Lord Michael's impression. Because, like, I don't think you could do that to Jim Carrey. Like, you couldn't cast him in a movie and be like, hey, this is the direction we want to take. And he's like, no, I'm going to... Right. I, I mean, maybe it would have been a sneak preview of what he kind of is like in uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movies when he plays Dr. Robotnik. Like, maybe...
1: Or, like, his Riddler or something?
0: Uh, oh, maybe... Maybe. I don't know if Dr. Evil would have been good being that manic But I, I, yeah. I, It's still an interesting parallel universe To think about like Jim Carrey Because Mike Myers didn't want to play multiple parts But it, 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 it strangely enough It became kind of a hallmark For him because he, yeah, he went
1: full Eddie Murphy with it yeah. Well he
0: first did it in So I Married an Axe ex- Murderer When he played his own dad And then <laughs> <Paper. Kid. laughs> All of that gargantuan cranium about And then uh <laughs> And then he did it in this movie, and then would continue to do it for these movies. But that wasn't how that wasn't intentionally how originally how he planned it. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's a great point, though. I don't know how they would like maybe Jim Carrey said that to be nice, like yeah, I, I, oh I I can't. I have can. scheduling conflicts. Really, you don't have enough money to pay me to be in this movie.
1: Catching man, yeah. Jim Carrey seems like a humble type of guy, but I think he's also another ego person. It seems pretty clear. Um, he also likes being. Uh, the funny person and he's a scene stealer. There, I think that would be a clash. because Anytime you see either one of these guys on like a late night show when it's like one of those couches where there's like multiple people and they're not the the, the current guest. they Their segment was before. Mm-hmm. They can't help but chime in and stuff. They're, they're both like... <laughs> they both need to be scene stealers. They're both like that kid in the theater class that's in the center of the stage singing loud and everybody. They, they both seem that same type of... Uh, obsessive creative ego drive type of person and i think i would think that would maybe clash a little bit but who knows it didn't happen so it doesn't really matter
0: yeah and their comedy stylings there's a lot of similarities like being so demonstrative and broad like some of the things right. that made me that made me chuckle and laugh this time around were when like some of the more it was again like when i revisited wayne's world it was like the more when mike myers would actually go subtle like when he was really go trying to go for it, and and you, it's like, oh, this is where you're supposed to laugh. Like that stuff didn't work for me at all. But it was always like, yeah, the, I get that. Yeah, like I, it, it was like something that I feel like, like the references to the casinos in Vegas that are no longer there, the references to evil cable companies that are becoming less and less relevant. It was just something that like that dates the movie a little bit which is a I don't mind that it's dated though. I
1: I like like anytime I watch this movie, I it feels all all every bit of 19 late 90s, 1997 like sort of like the internet was sort of around but it wasn't like dominating everyone's life. Like the AOL
0: product placement.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, yeah. I'm
0: just, I I'm just saying like I think it was, you know, the movie's dated and, and all that stuff, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. I was just saying that it, it's a, it dates it alongside with that kind of that style of comedy Like that it had its well, time and its place and it's kind of
1: Sure and, and what, what's kind of interesting in a way is You know in five years it'll be 30 years old So you can do the time capsule itself And make the movie itself its own time capsule uh, Kind of the same way he experienced 30 years So he went from 1967 to 1997 you can watch this movie in 5 years and say, "Wow, look at look at what has changed since 1997." She's showing him CD players <laughs> and you know like Reebok pump sneakers and like it's it makes the movie even funnier because that's supposed to be like he's getting acclimated to now and that shit looks so old <laughs> especially like if a young kid watches like, "Oh, let me check out these old quote unquote old comedies." And they put in Austin Powers, they're like, "Oh, wow." i had never even heard of pump sneakers before that's what was going on in 1997 you know what i'm saying like a cd player you know what's a cd yeah um so it's it's just like it's almost like this real meta version of itself in 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 its own little time capsule in just a few years now which is kind of strange but um i don't know so where where do you want to get into it on this movie uh because there's a lot of funny parts to talk about i know that you know you're saying there's a lot of things that didn't hit but boy there dude there were some moments that i still like it's like it, the humor got old for me the awesome power stuff especially you know my experience with gold member i like i was i was done by then with the yeah baby and all that shit but i feel like it's been so much time now that it's gotten funny again now i'm like enjoy like when he uh there was a clip from like the second one and i don't want to get too much into the sequels but where he just goes and he he makes the actress like get startled he goes i put the gar and swing her (laughs) baby i'm just like that's so stupid but it's so funny and it's just like i don't know like there's a lot like the hot tub scene my favorite scene in the whole movie i think it's just so funny how he rifles off those jokes one after another like in japan men come first and women come second Or sometimes not at all. And he does the laugh. Or I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know it was your turn. After she says, how dare you break wind before me. It, it uh, seemed, the whole part of me for being rude thing, like that whole scene. I, I think that's a classic, man.
0: I, I see that. I, I can't agree with you on that one. I thought when I was watching that, it was like, okay, he wrote this scene, and all her lines are just to set him up for these punchlines he came up with. Like, You're he, goddamn right, he, they he, are. He came up with these, like, so the stuff she says, almost she's she's almost like just an NPC with glorious bolt-on tits, but. Like she's just there to re- like just spout the lines so he could like
1: like ha- her name her name's a lot of vagina <laughs> I mean, what, what are you, Miss what are you looking for you looking for, Mer- you looking for Meryl Streep here
0: I thought it was funny when he's when he just when he's introduced her and he's like Miss Vagina <laughs> <laughs> like he's, I don't know like it like it caught him for like well he had been she frozen opens- for thirty years and fucking <laughs> right. and fucking Miss she Kensington checked- was being a cock tease so like he was, <laughs> he's a little pent up makes sense she
1: checked. She checks his ID and it just says Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery on it. Yeah, There's his, no, bit, like, his business card. His business card. But I do love how he like has no problems like revealing to Vanessa that he uh, banged her mm. because like in, normally in this type of movie, this type of rom com, the guy's trying to figure out a way to g- get away with it or not have it be found out. And he's just like, "Oh, you have a right to be suspicious. I I shagged a rock." <laughs> And I didn't use a, I didn't use a rubber
0: Because <laughs> only sailors use those Filthy, Filthy buggers they go, they go from port to port
1: <laughs> Oh man I, Yeah so um, I mean a lot of funny parts I mean we're obviously not going to agree on everything But you know like you talk about Dropping lines the, from these movies Sometimes like anytime someone's Talking about gambling I'll, I'll talk about that uh, Blackjack scene And he goes you know 20 beats your 5 <laughs> And it's the soup Nazi
0: Yeah, dude, that's another thing. Putting put firmly in the '90s. It's like, is that the fucking soup
1: Nazi? (laughs) The soup Nazi's the car dealer. I suggest you hit, sir. I'll stay with a five.
0: I also <laughs> like to live dangerously.
1: And obviously every card he gets will still keep him safe under the twenty-one and he's just uh I, I just I just find that funny. And then you have, you know, we we've gotta talk about the you know the dark side here, which is Dr. Evil, and the fact that he had two legit murderers as henchmen, real life
0: murderers. I knew about the one who uh random task. Who was the other murderer? Robert Wagner. Oh killed Natalie Wood. <laughs> Oh shit Caught me sleeping on that one Are
1: we gonna sit here Are we gonna sit here On Just Like the Movies and, and we're gonna Our stance is gonna be That Robert Wagner Didn't murder Natalie Wood And throw her over the side of a boat Are we gonna do that Well we If If
0: if memory serves me correctly This isn't the first time This has come up <laughs> I, I feel like we've discussed The Natalie Wood Drowning on several other podcasts with movies featuring neither Natalie Wood nor Robert Wa- Robert Wagner, the only
1: thing I could think of is that we were doing Christmas movies and like Miracle on 34th Street came up, and then I like we made a reference to her getting thrown. Or at the or
0: Christopher Walken came up because he knows what really happened on that boat. He knows what went down. Yeah, didn't they just reopen that case or something? They want to.
1: Yeah, what are they gonna do? Put ninety-one-year-old Robert Wagner? Give him life in jail? <laughs> Twenty beats your five.
0: <laughs> who throws a shoe? Honestly, you fight <laughs> yeah. Like apparently, that guy does. Yeah. yeah, that guy does a lot more than throw his shoes. Joe's yeah. son.
1: Yeah. So the guy who plays random task, aka the odd job ripoff, mm-hmm. is uh life in jail, life in prison for killing his cellmate. Uh, after being sentenced for for rape and stuff like that, so there's cool. some bad dudes. Like Mike Myers got some bad dudes to play these bad guys in this movie.
0: It was he did like he cast Robert Wagner because he was kind of like a household. And it was part of the making it more of like a sixties feel. That's why him and Michael York are both in the movie. But um, well,
1: I heard I heard uh, OJ Simpson was going to play uh, Mustafa, <laughs> but he was he was not available at the time.
0: Uh, he was tied up with some other stuff
1: I'm very badly burned <laughs> Take your gloves off, idiot
0: Oh, man! I, oh, I didn't even think we were going to go down this path I, 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 didn't, I wasn't even going to bring up the crimes of Joe's son And how he was brought to justice with the evolution of DNA technology
1: well, it's it's just just weird how like this innocent movie, and you have these villains, and just two of them happen to well allegedly murdered people. So, um, but then you have you know Will Ferrell, and that was probably the first a lot of us saw of Will Ferrell uh, playing Mustafa, and uh, you know look at the career that he went on to have. Uh, but then you know I I have to say, Mike, I you know you like, and and our friends like Gold Member, and we definitely quote that one a lot. But I think this version of dr evil was the best i like the stiff wooden awkward dr (laughs) evil better than the smooth mojo jive dancing around dr evil um the whole like i've been frozen for 30 years (laughs) (laughs) shit shit
0: (laughs) i yeah i would agree with you actually they 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 started taking more liberties with the with the uh, dr evil character and then with a plot twist straight out of a, which is actually straight out of the Bond lore, they made them brothers, and oh, then that God. that turns into this whole thing where it was like, how did they pretend they didn't know each other all this time? And then they did that weird retcon in the third one where they were actually in boarding school together, oh. but they didn't know they were brothers. I, oh. Like, you know that that kind of stuff. I guess you're right. The first version is the most pure, and then like. When they, you know, when they had him doing like a his own version of whatever music video was popular at that time, that when he, when right. he was rapping in prison, it was, it dude, was, yeah,
1: so dumb. And it's like he like shot himself in the foot for the sake of recency pop culture references and stuff like that. Like you say about the just the two of us or the Jay Z hard knock life and you know down all down the line and all that and the Britney Spears crap um but uh yeah i, I mean th- this first one like i think i even got fooled by it then like just getting wrapped up in the mini me stuff and all the other stuff that went with the sequels like the fir- the first one's the best it's just it's just classic it was original it felt fresh it was really funny and i know yeah a lot of the bits may have aged a bit but i had a good time rewatching this and i found myself still laughing and you know when he's like, do I make you hony? Randy, do I make you hony, baby? I'm like, that shouldn't be funny. And I thought that was so stupid, like 10 years after the movie came out. But for some reason, I don't know if it's because I got bills, I got kids, <laughs> life is stressful, work's a bitch sometimes.
0: I laughed, and I thought it was funny. And you know what? I think that's all right. You're a dad now. I mean, the uh, the Fuck, bar, the bar's moving for, for different things. But no, the movie was still enjoyable. I, I like you brought that line up because it... That was kind of the first thing he said as the character. Like he he came up with this idea. He wanted to do this British character. I don't even think he came, he knew it was going to be a spy yet. But then that was like the first like, and the, he came up with the line in a way that it it kind of sounds like something that would happen if you're if you're with somebody who has similar. Like he he was like teasing his wife. He's like he's like doing that act. He's like, "Do I make you honey, baby?" And then that was like the, <laughs> the first. That was like kind of the genesis of the Austin Powers character like the yeah at least the first like kind of concrete development like like we said he was a persona from the from that band that he came up with Ming T They did a, a, a sketch during one of the MTV Music Awards too I think before they before, played
1: a song or something right? Yeah,
0: or it was like he had like a like a show and it was like set in that club, the Electric Psychedelic Swinger Pussycat Club or whatever the hell that I have up yeah. as my Zoom background right now. I, um, you do,
1: yeah. And that's, that's, that's a funny scene, too, the whole kickoff where he, uh, like, in 1967, he's at the top of his game, and he could point out uh, a man dressed up as a woman, but the actress is clearly a woman until he punches it in the face, and then it's a man.
0: Yeah, the, the like, this this movie is so layered with crazy references from Bond movies and, like, 60s movies. Like, that whole scene with the, the song... Which, which kind of, that song is probably one of the two or three go-to songs for, for like 60s Culture it's called incense and peppermints It's by this band called Oh Stra- incense and peppermint Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it's by this band called strawberry Alarm clock and you've probably heard right. it in like 10 other things that were set in the 60s
1: I definitely downloaded it off of Napster Because of this movie
0: yeah it Like that song and him and that Line he says this is my happening baby and It freaks me out those are both from This movie called beyond the valley of the dolls Which came out in the 60s that actually Roger Ebert wrote and it Was like it's considered one of these all Time bad movies but it's like it, it's kind of transcended the so bad it's good territory. I'll uh, never, for, I'll never forget watching that. that one. It was like a double feature. I I was up late one night. I couldn't sleep, and I was watching cable, and that was on. And I'm like, this movie's so fucking weird. I have to ride this out. And then right after that was Mandingo, you know, which <laughs> another another movie I'm sure has aged quite poorly. Probably eaten much more poorly than any Austin Powers movie. That's for certain. <laughs>
1: Well, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the powers babes, um, first being the classic beauty, Mimi Rogers, uh, who, um, you know, we all have to thank her for, for, first and foremost, introducing Tom Cruise to Scientology. So thank you, Mimi Rogers, for that. Uh, it's led to a fruitful career for him and the destruction of lives. Um, but uh, I thought she was uh, she was great. And then... I guess she had been, like worked at least several times With Robert Wagner in movies in the past So maybe this was sort of like One of Mike Myers things Like a nod to movies he had seen previously Let me bring those actors into my movie um, Cause you know she, he was older He was in his 60s I'm sure she was by that point probably in her 50s Whatever um, But then her daughter played by uh, Liz Hurley um, uh, Who uh, she I don't know what she's doing lately But uh, boy she was definitely One of, one of I think all of our guys our age faves back then oh yeah for sure
0: i was I, yeah. did you see anything about like wh- why she got cast or anything like that for some reason it was just like oh elizabeth hurley was in the movie there was nothing about dis- any any discuss. i didn't really see anything about any alternate choices or
1: um, um like how she- i i know she narrated uh or hosted like some sort of james bond documentary i don't know if that's how it the spy element got her brought in, but I I didn't see anything or hear anything, or I honestly didn't look up anything about who else was supposed to be cast in that spot or anything like that. Yeah, so it, it um, was kind of
0: weird the dearth of that type of information. There's usually something like these people were in the running or this person turned it down, but for whatever reason I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just no one cared enough about this movie to document that back then. Maybe maybe when you look uh-huh. at the Austin Powers sequels, it'd be like these people were considered for. These roles, but maybe not. I don't know. That could be a reach.
1: Yeah, and she must have had fun with it because she came back for the sequel for that brief cameo. Where they again, they did a beyond stupid retcon. Turns out she was a fembot the whole time, and they knew.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: so it's just very Mike Myers.
0: I thought like one of the things with this movie was when I was watching it. It was the movie is smart in the sense that it's layered with all this all these references the different 60s like pop culture properties tv shows movies the, you know the bond franchise all this stuff um yeah. you know it's not every day you get to make a beyond the valley of the dolls reference and recognize it like the only these weren't mentioned well one of them was but like there were two movies that i saw when i was a kid that this reminded me of what was these they were made these movies with james coburn that were kind of like uh it was like the American rip off of a British spy movie. It was called R-Man Flint*, and then there was a sequel in *Like Flint*. And they actually use one of the sound effects for that phone when when Basil Exposition calls. Uh, that's oh, from okay. the movie R-Man Flint*. And then there's this other movie I saw called *Deadlier than the Mail*, which was this. Uh, it was one of those Brit- like swinging London movies. And then the climactic scene is a life-size chess board, and people are fighting <laughs> on it. There's booby traps, but. um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway um it's so it's smart in that way it, it's like loaded with all these references and you won't like if you if you read it's like oh that's really interesting or maybe you spot something if you if you happen to have a, a random piece of knowledge in your head like that but it was like then you look at how the characters are so like the dialogue is flat kind of and then there's just a bunch of jokes and then you realize that that's part of the design too, which, yeah. Maybe look at it a little differently. I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize that. I guess I was just watching this with kind of a stick up my ass or something because it was like that I read, was, <laughs> that was part of the whole part and parcel with those movies and TV shows was the characters are very they're, they're not very well developed at all. So it kind of gives Mike Myers a pass for some of those things.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um it's uh it, it's hard to like really go through this movie like from a plot standpoint because it really doesn't have a plot. And I think that's sort of on purpose. Um, <laughs> it just kind of relies on its dialogue and, and one liners or, or funny bits. And like, it's almost like there's little skits that make up this movie. And he's like, this will fit here. This will fit there. Let's do a scene where they, uh, you know, knock out two scientists and, The suits clearly aren't supposed to fit us, but they fit us perfectly when we walk out. And, you know, let's do the thing with Michael McDonald where he gets crushed by the steamroller even though he's 500 feet away. (laughs) That
0: that was still funny. (laughs) That was still funny. When he he has his hands on both of his knees and he's just screaming directly at the steam instead of moving. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny.
1: He's still screaming as he's being run over.
0: (laughs) Did, did you know that, like, I, I didn't realize there were so many deleted scenes in this movie, and one of... They had a couple deleted scenes where it was, like, these guards would get killed, and then it would, like, show what would happen. Like, like that guard got killed and showed, like, his wife getting the news and telling her her son, the kid's oh, stepdad, I, that, that he was... Those keep-
1: are... So the- those are on the DVD, I assume, right?
0: Yeah, and then there was another one where the guard who got his head bitten off by the ill-tempered sea bass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob Lowe is in this scene at a Hooters where they're gonna have a bachelor party for this guy, and then they get a call that he got his head bitten off. And like, I'll have to. We might have to post that on the Twitter account at Just the Movies. Um, follow us if you yes. haven't already. Um, yeah. But um, Come on. It was, it's, it, 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 the bit's a little like, like dragged out, but it's kind of funny how, like, all it's like, they're talking about what a great guy he is and how he's, he works as a, um, he works as a guard for Dr. Evil, but it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of overtime sometimes, but like, he's really looking forward to cutting loose. And then they get a phone call and he's, <laughs> he's like on the phone and he's like, he's like, he got his head. He got decapitated by an ill-tempered sea bass. <laughs> and he said it like five times. <laughs> there was also an alternate ending, which I thought was pretty I don't know. It was like it really gave Basil Exposition his name. He repels down on a from a helicopter and just starts spouting off all this stuff. Kinda like I'm doing right now. But <laughs> in
1: any case. <laughs> Is that uh, Michael York? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I probably watched all those, man. I'm trying to think of like, because I had, I'm sure I had the DVD, and I'm sure I watched like all the special features because like back in the day, VHSs didn't have that stuff. So there was this to- like premium feeling with DVDs. Like I get to watch all of the be- deleted scenes. And, oh, they have a blooper reel. I can watch the trailer and stuff like that. That was like part of the uh, excitement of DVDs when mm-hmm. they first came out. Was that you get to watch all this extra stuff. So I'm sure they were on the the DVD, which. Um, probably had like the snapback case and that sort of stuff but you're, you're like tickling a memory a little bit so we'll have to like you said we'll have to find those if you haven't already and yeah we'll get them up uh, on uh, on the Twitters yeah
0: we had somebody mention I can't remember who I, it was probably on Twitter though somebody mentioned like made a little reference it was like not enough Christian Slater I think it might, I think it might a bearded toy guy said there wasn't enough Christian Slater maybe it was him I don't remember but um and then I was like, Christian Slater? And That was one of the deleted scenes. that I, I that was something I had no idea about until I was like digging in for this movie. And then I ended up watching that as well. So Does it a, a Christian Slater deleted scene in Austin Powers? It was only in the UK version. Uh they had it they oh, it was the yeah. it was the scene right after they the what you mentioned where they took the lab outfits and they're trying to sneak into the lab, but then they have to get by this guard and then Austin uses this this hypnosis technique that he learned in India to sneak by him, and <laughs> hypnotizes him, and then, Chris, and then he saved the bit for the Love Guru or something. I assume probably that you know that's probably exactly where it went. <laughs> he probably took he's like, hey, that 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 seed he he based the Love Guru off one deleted seed lost the Powers he didn't get to use. <laughs> he's like, here's a great idea for a movie. <sighs> Oh God, that didn't work out very well. Um, I mean that that like derailed his whole career. I mean, by, yeah, man. Between between the two Wayne's World movies, I mean, this movie was a it was a it was pretty successful at the box office. It was relatively speaking. I think the budget was somewhere oh, yeah. between fifteen to twenty million. It made like almost seventy. But then, yeah. what really gave it legs was the video rentals. You know, back when that mattered.
1: Hundred percent yeah
0: and uh yeah hey, you'll have to so is it real real quick inside like movie stuff so do you correct me if i'm wrong because i've had people tell me i was wrong on this but a movie has to make back like twice its budget right to break even because of the the split it has with the distributors
1: i think it depends on the movie in the studio but also um budget as far as i understand it like if you look at the movies, a movie's budget on, you know, a a box office website or Wikipedia doesn't include marketing budget. Okay. So, so that's a part of it too. So it depends on how, how heavy they marketed a movie. I don't think this movie was necessarily marketed like that heavily, like some big, uh, IPs are, but some movies spend a ton of money on marketing and that's a, that doesn't get listed on the Production budget. Yeah, because I. Um,
0: yeah, I always. Yeah, the marketing. That's a. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, but I was all. I also thought that for some reason the ticket, the tickets don't. All that money doesn't go back to the studio. Some of it has to go back to the distributors. Yeah, so you're it, probably right. But like, yeah. anyway, this isn't some half-ass Hollywood accounting podcast. We're supposed to be talking about Austin Powers, <laughs> so. <laughs> I can get back to that. Um, so uh,
1: so how how did the scene. With the, um, him collecting his personal effects treat you? Oh, much.
0: It, almost as good as it always did. I, I, okay. I wasn't sure right. how, um, I shouldn't say I wasn't sure, but I didn't know that that guy and Mike Myers used to be comedy partners. They used to tour in the eighties before his, before he was on SNL. And was uh, it,
1: uh, in Ch- out of Chicago? It no, I, City think they, or something? I think they, I
0: think they, I don't know if it was Chicago or if it was, that's a good question. I'm not sure, but the dude's English, so. It's either mm. it was there or he ended up there. But yeah, that for some reason, the way that that, that dude's whole act cracked me up. But it was like, there wasn't <laughs> too much of him. Because that was definitely something that if there was too much of him, it would have worn out its welcome pretty quickly. But it had just... <laughs> right. This kind of thing is my bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Looks fucking right at Elizabeth Hurley when he says it. <laughs>
1: and you know, Mike, that's a running gag that all of us, <laughs> our group of friends does is the baby thing yeah. anytime we do some sort of like like kitschy play on words or you know some sort of like like cheese ball joke uh that we feel is um some sort of referential with you know we do that whole so she lost her mind baby
0: yeah but you're not giving that the proper credit that's from gold that's not from that scene
1: no i know <laughs> but it's still austin powers and you know he, that inflection is there a little bit but fuck gold member. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I can stand for that, but move, moving swiftly onward.
1: Dude, how about uh, um, um, maybe we'll get to this later, like in terms of like impact on other things? Maybe we'll save it for a little bit later. But uh, there was an interesting thing about how this movie impacted James Bond. Yeah, I yeah, I was going to
0: get to that at the end, but uh, wait, you know, he brought it up now. Go ahead.
1: Well, I, I just, you know, Daniel Craig can be a very candid guy, and uh, he's not one to uh, keep things clean. And I believe it is, this was in quotes as far as I got it. He said, uh, as far as getting into creating the new editions of James Bond, he said, quote, we had to destroy the myth because Mike Myers fucked us. <laughs>
0: yep, Yeah. For, uh, for, and,
1: and that was the, 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 you know, cause if you look at the, the last James Bond right before <clears throat> Daniel Craig's was die another day. And they really jumped the shark with that almost quite literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where he's like parasailing over tsunami waves and
0: all this craziness. thats it's some uh, of the worst CGI committed to film.
1: Horrible. Yeah, that Pierce Brosnan got himself into. But um, the fact that Austin Powers made fun of so many cliche Bond stuff to make them even more ridiculous. They're like, we can't do this shit anymore. Yeah, so we so, got to get a little more serious.
0: Yeah, anybody who complains about how the James Bond movies under Daniel Craig were basically like Bourne movies that I, I it was I never connected those dots until until now yeah
1: or if you love the Daniel Craig movies which have now completed their run, you can thank Mike Myers for that because he apparently really made them change the aesthetic and the narrative and the feel and tone of James Bond so there you go but um, a lot of cameos in this movie too Mike we talked about a bunch of them uh, one of them that is dear near and dear to my heart Carrie Fisher. Yes, um, Prin- Princess Leia herself playing the therapist Which is ironic because She was always a champion Of mental health She was uh, bipolar, manic depressive uh, So for her to play a therapist I I, I kind of liked that in a way um, And this was again When Star Wars was coming back around With the special editions, So you would see people like Carrie Fisher Or Mark Hamill Who were not Harrison Ford Showing up as cameos In all these different things around this time And she played the therapist. And I thought that scene was great between uh, Dr. Evil and his son, played by Seth Green, who might have been one of his earlier introductions to us as well. Uh, He was probably in his very early 20s at the time. Also a big nerd Star Wars fan. Um, But playing Scott Evil, who was created in a lab with Dr. Evil's sperm. Um, But I just like the fact that that scene uh, is very dry and stuffy but dr evil's like no no i really am trying to kill him it's you know i just want to make that clear it's it's, <laughs> you know, too, it's,
0: it's too bad within the mythos of the movie that carrie fisher got liquidated with the rest of the group for being insolent
1: she did yeah. off screen uh, unless there's a deleted scene i'm unaware of about that but yes yeah good call mike
0: there are a lot of deleted scenes i don't think any of them covered the fate of the therapist yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, that uh, Scott Evil was was really close to being played by Colin Quinn, which I don't know if that would have had...
1: That been. is, yeah, so fucking weird, because isn't he the same age as Mike Myers?
0: Yeah, but, I mean, like, within the, the logic of the movie, they were frozen for 30 years, so they could technically be the same age at the same time.
1: I, I know, but he was... Thirty eight at the time, and Seth Green was like twenty one. Like, there's a completely different thing going on there. I, I well, guess it
0: didn't matter. But. I I actually like Colin Quinn, but I don't think his his whole deal would have worked for that part for sure.
1: Should have been should have been Norm McDonald. <laughs> He'd have been like, oh yeah, I'm your I'm your son.
0: <laughs> oh, now, see, now I'm gonna be sad. I mean, like, we we lose Norm McDonald and Bob Saget in the same fucking like what six months brutal trash
1: yeah (laughs) absolutely brutal man yeah
0: the 2020s what a great decade so far
1: it's been it's been a a rough go man it's been a rough go but that's why i'm saying like stupid shit like in this movie where like maybe a while ago i'd be like ah, that's not funny or blah blah blah. i'm just like i'm just letting myself enjoy that dumb shit again and it's (laughs) like there, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is ridiculous. The fembots being one, but do you remember the whole fembots thing being a thing and like being the sort of like, cause it was a big part of like the commercials of him dancing in his like little speedo. And then, uh, Cindy Margolis, like you, I used to watch Howard Cern all the time on e, e network. And that's how I found out about Cindy Margolis. And at the time, you know, the internet was just coming out. You had dial up AOL, uh if someone picked up the phone you got knocked off the internet but us kids around that age when we wanted to look at women we would just have to download like photos and it would take like five hours but we would and i guess cindy margolis at the time was the most download loaded woman on the internet but she was famous for not doing nudes she eventually caved and did her okay. nudes but during this time that was her shtick that was her thing was that she didn't do nudes but then she got this part as the fembot but I thought that scene was funny, too, because he's, uh, uh... The whole When I Think About You, I Touch Myself song and uh, throwing the cigarettes and it's going in all their mouths and he's just like... I, I thought that was pretty funny. The, I don't uni- know. the Union like Jack briefs but I liked
0: it. were pretty funny. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I thought that, like, yeah. he just rips off, like, his stripper pants and he's wearing, like, Union Jack underwear.
1: <laughs> um,
0: all those fembots, like, I'm not a big... I, I, I'm not a big anime fan, mostly due to lack of exposure, but... Uh, I never watched Cowboy Bebop, but the voice of the Fembots was the same voice from uh, who did Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. You can't resist us, Mr. Powers. You can't resist oh, us. Oh, there Mr. you go. Powers.
1: Yeah. Oh, well done. Not bad, buddy. All right. All right. That <laughs> that they, smoke coming out of the Jublies. <laughs> <laughs> Although if it, if if it, if it was our podcast writing that movie, you would say there was smoke coming out of their bolt on. <laughs>
0: Well, if they they were fake tits, yeah, I'd say that. But if they were, they had
1: their. Well, they were because they were robots. (laughs) The whole thing was fake, Mike. They had bolts coming out of their bolt ons.
0: Your your fascination with that word cracks me up. You never heard that before.
1: Well, it's just you have certain words for certain things that only you uh, refer. Like soapies? like (laughs) I have no. I never that's, heard that before. Yeah,
0: that came from just some guys I knew from back in the day. No bolt odds, That's pretty. That's pretty widely accepted nomenclature.
1: <laughs> no, sure, yeah. sure, sure. I
0: don't know. You you've been married a while, like you've <laughs> been out of the game for a long time now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, there are also things that I think about when you because earlier you talked about you drop quotes once in a while that come from this movie that you don't realize that you're dropping it, but anytime you know you're in a tight spot with your car or something i always reference or think about austin powers yeah and i think a
0: lot of people do yep that for sure the the whole like 87 He he's doing like he's trying to do a three-point turn and somehow makes it way way worse <laughs> and we're like and yeah it, i think i actually i said that one time when i was in somebody's i was like leaving somebody's house like three o'clock in the morning and i was like it was like trying to turn around i'm like man i'm like really austin Powersing this shit he's like yeah, exa- exactly exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like everybody has at least one of those stories where they've been in an Austin Power situation and they're just like going an inch forward, turning the full wheel, going an inch back. And, you know, maybe for people who park in cities and do a lot of parallel parking, I hate parallel parking. I refuse to do it. Um, it it's a pain, but there's always those situations where you're you're in a tight spot, whether it's with your car, your ride right on lawnmower, whatever you got, <laughs> everyone's been in that Austin Power situation. I think we could all kind of we all have a story about that, so that you know. There's, there's that. There's um, apparently they um, they designed, but didn't end up releasing. Speaking of driving, uh, and you, you know, video games. Maybe you knew of this: an Austin Powers version of like Mario Kart.
0: No, I didn't. I was not aware of that. I know they. they it's
1: called Mojo Rally. <laughs> they, they never and did they 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 never came by, out with it though. It was made by Rockstar, and I think it was off the heels of the box office success of the second Austin powers. And it was supposed to be like a Mario Kart type game, but it never went to fruition, but there's like concept art of the drivers and their cars and stuff. So, uh, we'll tweet that out and post that to Instagram for people to, to share. Cause I had no fucking clue about this. And I thought you might, because you know, things about video games that I'm like, I have no idea. So the fact that you don't know, I bet nobody knows about this. So it might be interesting to share, to see what people think about it. Um, but um, that's pretty weird, but um, so we covered a lot of like impact stuff, like what its impact on bond, uh, sort of referential stuff. Do you have anything off the top of your head of any other like quotes that you'll drop every once in a while, even if it's out of context? Because I know you like the out of context <laughs> or the or the the stubborn. I'll drop this quote and I'm refusing to explain what it's
0: from. The the uh, big, I'll get to the biggest biggest one last because it's something I use all the time. But um, the I remember for years, like I would, if I was at a party, my my move was I would just be drinking liquor straight out of a bottle. So cause that's because that's how I used to get down back then. So I would like I would go up to people and I would just be like clinky, and I'd clink my bottle against whatever they were drinking, and I did that for the long, <laughs> like I did that all through college and like for years after, and then kind of outgrew that. Um, that that was like that was something I, I realized I got from this movie. What was another thing? Um, Clinky, kinky. uh, I think this was the first movie to like popularize the word mannish. Like, I think that was the first time I ever heard it. And then, like, now it's kind of like an accepted slang term. Talking, Mm -hmm. she does look rather (laughs) mannish. This is also, besides Seinfeld, it was the first time I ever heard the word hipster. And I guess it was a reference to a Lenny Bruce routine, where there's nothing Mm. worse than an aging hipster as opposed to hipster doofus. But so, kind of like I thought about that. I was like, was this the first time like people in our age cohort might have heard the word hipster, besides Seinfeld? I don't know if they beat. Maybe I don't know if they beat Seinfeld to the punch on that one or not. But um, the good, the good god, I do that a lot. <laughs> I think I think I've actually heard Mrs. Pats do that a couple times. <laughs> I,
1: I I drop a hello vicar every once in a oh, while. <laughs> That's
0: the spot right there. <laughs> And then the, the big one is when, for some reason, I thought it was so funny when Dr. Evil says, oh, oh Scott, it hurts daddy when you say that. like, but it, And then it turned into like, I'll just be like, it'll be like you see um, Elizabeth Hurley in, in like, her cat suit, and it's like, oh, it hurts daddy when that happens. And then it just becomes abbreviated <laughs> to, it hurts daddy. Like,
1: <laughs> I have heard you say yeah. that a lot, and I didn't realize you got it from this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. Uh. I, I I I don't know that I, I had to have At some point Back in my You know Tom Green wannabe days uh, Been in a public bathroom And screamed who does number two work for I'm sure that <laughs> happened at some point in my life I, like, I thought uh, that,
0: that part was funny Like if Tom Arnold wasn't doing Like the running commentary But I don't yeah. know Maybe some people yeah. thought that's what made it So I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: man <laughs> Yeah. Uh well I'm look, I'm looking forward to hearing the the big one later cuz I'm sure it's going to it's going to ring some No I mean uh, that was it hurts daddy
0: that was the big one that's the one I, oh, that's I the still used yeah. to this day like it's be like there's like a there's like a cute thick girl slicing meat at a deli it's like oh it hurts daddy <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: here here's one thing I didn't understand <clears throat> which maybe you looked up or know something about what 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 the whole, what's with the whole Burt Bacharach thing?
0: I don't know. I think that's just another like '60s reference. I don't think it was anything. Is it just like
1: yeah, yeah? Was that like music his parents liked or something? Because like I had no <clears throat> idea who he was, and I know you know maybe it's one of those oh you should know him or you shouldn't. I don't know, but uh, I had, I was like that's so weird how he's in the movie. It's sort of this like time out in the middle of the movie where they use it as a vehicle for a montage to. To really vault up and speed up the romance between Vanessa and Austin, which I get because it's a short movie, probably like I didn't even check like ninety minutes. I'm gonna guess. Um, so i was just like I found it odd. I was like, who, who the fuck is Burt Bacharach?
0: Yeah, it was. I don't. I I couldn't. Uh, I didn't stumble across anything specific for it, but I think <laughs> one of the things that comedians do, and Mike Myers has done it in the past. Is they just reference these really obscure music... Not obscure, but maybe like obscure to modern audience music acts. Like like when he referenced the Bay City Rollers in So I Married Axe Murderer. And like that in and of itself kind of had some comedic value. because like, who the fuck is the Bay, are the Bay City Rollers? And then there's like this crazy song playing about sat- like what you do on a Saturday night. And they're dancing to it. Um Yep. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah. no, I didn't
0: see anything specific about I just, I just know that that's like just one of the many Like when I was referencing all the tie-ins to 60s culture and swinging culture Like that smooth kind of um, piano-based music I mean that's just probably something he came up with because he thought it'd be funny Because it's just, it's just something to throw at the audience Like I bet, I wonder how many kids watching that are going to see this movie Have ever fucking heard of Burt Bacharach None of them Not me, that's for sure <laughs> No, no clue. <laughs> um, how,
1: how about the the running gag they did throughout the sequels too? But in this one, it was the shh.
0: Yeah, that was entirely improvised, uh, supposedly. Did you
1: that that I I felt was stale for me. I didn't I didn't laugh at that this time
0: around. Man, we are not on the same page. But with- you love that part? I like that part. Yeah. I mean, I I, I... <laughs> it's a, it's easy to do to people. It's easy to work it
1: in sh... with my name on it. Yeah,
0: I mean that's part of the. You know, I, I commented about how at times it felt like the dot the, the the writing wasn't so great, but when you take into account the type of characterization that Mike Myers was trying to do and the fact that thirty to forty percent of this movie was improvised, it it, it kind of right. It, it kind of helps you know soften that blow a little bit. Maybe makes it make a little bit more make a little more sense or it's not it's, it's like oh okay well i'll take that into consideration maybe grade it on a curve or whatever I don't know.
1: yeah um the, and there's there are some very mike myers jokes that are i don't know i guess cheesy is the word for it, or cliche maybe like when she's like did you use protection and he like talks about his gun yeah like, you know we, we we've seen that in movies i, I i'm sure that's been into plenty of shows and movies or um when he's filling out the form and he's like sex yes please it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah mm. i get it yeah so st- stuff like that um but uh I, I still find myself laughing at stuff like the judo chops <laughs> Like, because he's literally doing nothing, and it's you know even Michael Caine does it even better than the third one. He just kind of flails his arm around. If you watch um,
0: some of those movies from that period, though, like even some of the early Bond movies, like if you watch Doctor No, like the fight scenes of those movies, they're bad. Like, yeah, I mean yeah, they true. get a pass because they're classics, and they're and you know those movies are going on sixty years old now. The the first Bond movies, but I mean you watch some of those movies or like some of the movies I mentioned, like the the. The uh, R Man Flint series, the Derek Flint series, which was actually like two movies. I think they probably wanted it to be a lot more, but pro- that probably didn't work out for them. Or, but yeah, I've watched yeah. I've watched a lot, like not a ton of stuff from that period. I don't want to overrepresent my exposure to it, but I've watched enough things from that period. to oh yeah, the fight scenes are pretty bad. Like so, it, it it's actually another kind of reference to that type of material. And then this <laughs> that just made me think of how funny it was that contrast where he just does that. That harmless judo trip on that guard and then he, he puts it in the, in the in the tank and then he the, like he pulls up a headless dummy it's like okay that, right. that escalated very quickly
1: and then he starts the head jokes yeah <laughs> yeah no <yeah. laughs> <It's> no <laughs> way to get ahead in life
0: <laughs> be there. and then and Elizabeth Hurley's like playing along with the first three and, she, and then the fourth one she's like all right that's quite good. what she says is like all right that's enough and then she's like "All right, that's enough he's like oh, okay
1: Yeah <laughs> Uh, but you're right, you know it is it, it's certainly poking fun at, and that's part of this that we haven't really focused too much on yet is that it's absolutely a spoof and pokes a lot of fun at James Bond. Um, to go back to what we were saying about Daniel Craig saying they had to kind of reinvent the wheel for James Bond a bit because they made fun of it so much and lampooned it so much. But you know Dr. Evil make referencing the fact that James Bond was always put in situations that he could get out of. and like then you have Scott Evil being the audience in a James Bond theater, so to speak, saying, like, why don't you just shoot him? I have a gun in my room. I'll get it. Blam. Dead. <laughs>
0: you, done. You give me five seconds. I'll go and get it. We'll do it together. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, right. As he's got his Kurt Cobain shirt on. An, an evil petting zoo.
1: You always do that. <laughs> why do you do that? Maybe he'll be a vet. An evil vet?
0: <laughs> an evil vet. <laughs> I remember when this movie came out how the quotes were just everywhere, and it was like you would have people like, like, like my dad's business partners would be doing like, like, would be doing like Austin Powers quotes. Like they'd be, they'd be doing their best, yeah, baby, to try to get a laugh out of mixed company. Like I'm sure they weren't oh. the only people try to do it, but jeez, yeah, that's part of the lingering cultural impact. Of This movie that's like
1: doing the Budweiser Wazup thing.
0: Do you know the guy, do you remember the, I, well, um, I, I love you, man. Um, yeah. Where it was like, where the, with the father and son, where the fa- son's like, you're my dad, man. And I love you, man. And he goes, you're not getting my Bud Light, Johnny. Those two guys were in the therapy scene. They were the, they oh, were the father and right. son who were hugging. I mean, you want to talk about like nineties nostalgia, like, I mean, Budweiser, whatever you may think of their beer. Um, I think it's perfectly ac- acceptable. I mean, I know it's. Not the fashionable thing to say these days, but it's it, it's definitely you know there's got to be a reason. People I, I
1: drink Bud Light almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah,
0: why, yeah, why mess with it? Um, yeah. But uh, they, they've made some. They had some advertising campaigns from back in the day, and they're still kind of doing some really memorable commercials. I don't think they're like classics like the two that we mentioned, but. Need the, the, but that's just another like product of that time. Was when like but, like oh, yeah. Budweiser was just making those commercials that people were quoting. Like people were quoting commercials back then. I mean, Dude, they the still frogs were, not as much.
1: The the Budweiser frogs <laughs> like that was that was huge. Yeah, crazy. Like, but yeah, Budweiser just like dominated back then.
0: Indeed. And they did. This was before. Didn't didn't Austin Powers movies? Then they get carried away with like. Then they get in bed with Heineken, and they had like a bunch of Heineken product placement because they were. Cause <laughs> well, it,
1: they so yeah they had he had a Heineken in the third one, and then when the twins came over, the top popped, and it burst like a champagne bottle to to simulate premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But yeah, and then they did Starbucks or something like that, but. They definitely did a lot of product placement. Like Mike Myers loves product placement, huh?
0: Yeah, he, that must have been. Uh, I don't know. He was doing it before Adam Sandler was. Like, yeah, and Adam true. Sandler, I think that he's taking that to like an art form. I don't even know. If I, I, I would. That's something you know. I don't really know about the business of making movies. How much money does that actually bring in? Because. I bet it would be, I bet it's m- like more than it should be, but less than you'd think. Right. It, it, it's, yeah. It, like maybe it's like a couple, like maybe half a million, maybe a million dollars or something. Just to kind but of. But
1: I, th- I think like to your point earlier, and I think you brought this up pretty well on the Wayne's World pod- podcast is that, you know, from Mike Myers, it is more about latching onto the popularity of something in pop culture at the time and not caring about how that's going to age so like he had similar humor to stuff like like mike myers humor in, in his movies and his writing style is very similar to like mel brooks um you know the naked gun movies um even like after him like seth MacFarlane with the whole like prolonging a bit <laughs> type of thing like like the mustafa badly burned thing <laughs> like how long that scene goes on for like You could see that in, you know, Peter Griffin banging his knee on the mailbox and then holding his knee for three minutes. It's just, you know, I think Ah. Mike Myers just, yeah. Ah, I I don't Ah. know if Mike Myers either didn't have the foresight to see like, ah, this might not watch well in 20 years or he just didn't give a shit. I'm not sure. I would love to, if I actually met him. I would love to ask him that question. Yeah, I'm if sure. I'm sure he
0: would team. take that really well.
1: Oh, what's he gonna do? Freaking d- do it? A, a dance contest? A dance off?
0: No, <laughs> I was just you, you made I a re- beat his ass. I mean, you no, you made a reference to his reputation. That's all. That's all. Because Penelope Spheris supposedly said something about how talented he was, and like it, she was like she said that it, it kind of forgave him for his behavior when they were making your first Wayne's World movie. I was like, I don't know if that's the lesson to be taken from this, but talented people. He, seems, give us that. he definitely
1: seems. He definitely seems like um, he's full of himself. He wants to be the center of attention, center of the room, sort of thing, and um, you can see how he may rub people the wrong way sometimes. I think.
0: I guess that kind of just goes with the territory for being in show business, right? A lot of times. Yeah. Because if if you're yeah. if you're not clamoring to get noticed, there's tens of there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of people who who will.
1: And so. yeah, with some people, you know, I feel like people like it and they accept it because they like the person. To some people, they're like, "That's annoying." Like, you know, like Jimmy Fallon, or James Corden, one of those, any of those late night schmucks. Yeah,
0: and then all those ha- assholes have to do is go scoreboard and then just like point to the almost all the money they make, and it's just like, God
1: damn. It. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, jokes on me. Yeah. Jokes on me. Much. So, wh- what did you think of uh, the scenes, like the Doctor Evil scenes? early on, like the the Mustafa scene, like him, you know, sending him down and him saying he's badly burned and, and all that. I,
0: I, I definitely agreed with that I, I liked when you said earlier about how this was the best version of Doctor Evil. I mean, there were there were some funny moments, like in Actually, the second Austin Powers movie was my least favorite. Even though Heather Graham was involved, maybe it's because she wasn't getting bang doggy style like she is in every other movie she's in. But um like in Goldmember, like some of the some of the Doctor Evil bits were like really all over the place. Like some some of them were really funny and then some of them were like you know, like that music video bit that's went on way too long. If like if you didn't like that I if you didn't like that concept, it's like, oh you're well, you better strap in because there's three minutes of screen time devoted to this. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I remember one of the things that made me laugh and it was so dumb, but it wasn't even really anything he said. It was it was when uh, the dude was doing the whole lucky charms bit and everybody's laughing at him <laughs> and Dr. Evil's just like he's like bracing himself against the fucking desk and trying not to laugh. He's like and It was like like <laughs> that's that's what I mean when I say that like when Mike Myers goes subtle, it really works for me because that's like that's not him like trying to play to the cheap seats. Right. You know, it's it was just him like just using his like just really natural <laughs> subdued like like he obviously wanted that to that was kind of what he wanted. So he took this like right. really broad kind of obvious joke and then that's what I got out of it. But I don't know if, if that's the same experience other people had, but I know that was one of the things that made me laugh was just watching Dr. Evil like try not to laugh. He's like, "Oh,
1: no." <laughs> because <laughs> I think yeah, the the subtleties.
0: Yeah. And, and up until that point Like you said He'd been like really stiff <laughs> Right, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, yeah He You know When He sends Mustafa down To the fiery pits below <laughs> And he's trying to proceed With the conversation He's like Alright And then he gets to the point He's ignoring the screams <laughs> The agony of screams And he's like Excuse me <laughs> And he picks up the phone yeah. And he's just like Yes No no Burnt Badly <laughs> yes please let's just like to, you, know, you know what the other person's saying based on his responses and then you hear the person walk in and, and shoot him and he looks at the vent he's waiting waiting for the silence to to to, to continue and he and then he proceeds with right <laughs> um
0: so that's i think al- that's another bit in this movie that really switches gears fast like it gets re- like that's dark man like <laughs> like a guy's bird guys like covered in third degree birds and like waiting for someone to come shoot him it's like man that really kind of like the the sea bass biting the dude's head off bit like judo (laughs) trip and then that right it's like man that's that's always gonna be there and uh yeah not always but oftentimes there's like there's always gonna (laughs) the the dark side of a punchline is gonna be there
1: right right but then there's like the lighter side of dr evil where he's singing meow mix to his cat (laughs) like trying to lure his cat to the to their room, so it's just like I think he tried to like, you know, do that do that balance But yeah, I don't know I know it's unpopular because a lot of people really get a kick Out of Dr. Evil and the sequels and stuff But for me, the the subtle Stiffness and how wooden he was Was what made the character funny to me
0: Yeah, and, and you know While I am in some ways interested To in see what Jim Carrey would have done the, with the part He definitely wouldn't have done that
1: No, I don't think so I don't think so at all <laughs> I think it would have been way over the top um like uh if you ever watch the outtakes of Liar Liar, um one of the, the, the opposite lawyer just screams over actor at Jim Carrey and he bursts out laughing <laughs> <laughs> Oh man um, I'm trying to think There's other bits Or scenes That we're not uh, Bringing up That we're gonna get Yelled at For not talking about I don't know man um, we,
0: like, we, we can't cover everything I mean I, No But No Yeah I mean I, I covered the stuff That Like that, that You know like I'm glad we did that whole Like quote section Because of, I think of all the movies We've done this is the movie that the most stuff I've kind of repurposed Into into just bits with my friends Or like just things I used to do And it's not like And no, almost none of them resort To doing an Austin Powers impression So it's not like as As cringe as it could be I guess I
1: Yeah and I'm not sure how Again you know sometimes I try to think of like You know when my son's old enough If he watches this movie A lot of stuff he may not get like the The pop culture references Of people who were already past Their prime like the other Frozen people were like Gary Coleman Vanilla Ice And uh, I forget who the other one was Wesley Snipes maybe I don't remember but uh, Like he'll have no idea probably what that Is and then you know Austin Powers crossing off the list of his Friends who died like Jimi Hendrix Drugs, Janis Joplin Drugs, Mama Cass Ham Sandwich Um, You know so I don't know how how those work, but again it's that weird situation we're in now where we're getting close to this movie being as old as the time span between Austin being frozen and unfrozen in 97 so it's a weird phenomenon
0: yeah yeah i I was watching that scene I was like, are they making fun of demolition man and then it, it turns out they were which yeah which kinda...
1: was it Wesley Snipes I don't know or was it just
0: I can't remember. I thought, yeah. I, I thought it was... Uh, I, I definitely remember Vanilla Ice because that was just funny. Like kind of a pun, sight gag type thing. And then I yeah. don't remember who any other people that were Frozen were.
1: Yeah, Gary Coleman was definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Um, oh, oh, another scene that I, 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 I found really funny. The first time I saw it in the theater, the hardest I laughed in the movie was... Uh, When he's peeing after he's unfrozen, (laughs) because he does the leg shake, and again, it's that whole bit of let's draw out the scene so long that you stop laughing, but then it keeps going, and then you start laughing again. Yeah, one of the like that that seems to be a thing he does.
0: Yeah, one of the things that's kind of regrettable is how the cutaway has become just very. It's 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 a really effective comedic tool when used properly, but it's just too common now. Like yeah, it'll just a bit'll yeah. be going on too long, and then it'll just cut to another thing. It's like right,
1: right, <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Um, and another part that just popped into my head that I, I definitely think is very funny is when he loses his inner monologue, and uh, he goes, "My God, Vanessa's got a fabulous body. I bet she shags like a minx. How do I tell by the unfreezing process? I've no inner monologue And then he looks away, and he goes. I hope I didn't say that out loud just now. <laughs> well, he already that's had, t- and a lot of it's the, the the facial the the facial cues and stuff he does, and the little looks he does.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that one. That the, uh, the, the, the he already had trouble controlling the volume of his voice. Now he realized he had no intermodalog. It's like it's like just really? such a random thing. It's like because I I, I can picture that being a seed in one of those like any of those like sixties TV properties I mentioned where it just it shows a close up of the of the like the protagonist who's wearing like a fucking ascot or whatever and he's like smoking a pipe or a cigarette. He's like he's just like My God, she is a fabulous buddy. <laughs> you know, like doing that whole that whole fucking <laughs> thing. But uh, in any case. I don't he know. He did man. a bit of
1: I did a bit of a Beatles Beatles Mania type thing too at the beginning with all the women chasing Oh yeah for a from hard day's been. night, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the hundred percent of hard days night where he's hiding in the phone booth with the, the beard and the skies and stuff. So that, that's, that's kind of cool. And he, you know, he tries to do that in each of the other movies, but in the first one, it, it definitely has that captures that sixties, uh, uh, British, uh, you know, pop star hysteria stuff. So I thought that that was pretty cool. So there, I mean, this, it's, uh, there's a lot of good bits in this movie. Um, it, and again, It's just like there's no plot in my opinion. Now people are going to say like well yeah there is because Dr. Evil's hijacking these weapons he's going to create all this volcano stuff like that doesn't mean shit. No one cares about that. This movie is like series of uh, (laughs) funny dialogue in little bits and it it coasts along on the idea of this guy being this you know, transplant from the 60s to the 90s and that's all you really needed and they, they relied heavily on it and it worked, man. Like this movie is for whatever for whatever any whatever you want to say about this movie for people who maybe don't like it or whatever. It's organic. It is original even though it is a spoof, so it does borrow things. It just you, you don't see people making comedies like this or like you like when was the last like creatively fresh comedy that you can recall being oh, made?
0: Oh, man. I, mean, I I I mean I know this isn't going to be I don't know if you're gonna like, but the last movie I think I saw where it was a it was a comedy that I really really enjoyed. It was kind of like an original concept. It wasn't based on any existing stuff. Was probably Pineapple Express, and that was back in 08. Yeah, that, 14 years ago. And it was kind of like a spoof of action movies on top of being a, like a. Spoof. I like
1: that movie. Yeah, and yeah. I
0: liked it. You know, one of the things I like about it is that I'm not really a weed guy. That's not really my scene. And even though the movie is like really steeped in that, there's an it doesn't like beat you to death with it. Like you can kind of you can work with it. It's not like you have right. to look past it, but it's like it's not one of those things where it's so annoying. You know, I don't know if it'd be like watching a Cheech and Chong movie or something. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't like Cheech and Chong. I couldn't care less. I, I thought, couldn't care less. I thought the
0: stuff was funny when I was like 11. I wasn't supposed to be watching it. I think I don't I don't know how I would deal with it now. <laughs> but
1: I don't know. Uh, um, I don't. I mean, I don't have much else other than if we were gonna sit here and drag out the quotes. now and, and I don't no, think we need to be doing that. No, so. I. I,
0: think, I don't know, man. I. I feel like we've covered most of the important stuff because there's just not. I mean, there wasn't like a ton of interesting like i thought the, some of the deleted scenes you know you it's like you you brought up that whole thing about dvds and deleted scenes and you thought like i remember that was really cool the first five or six times you do it and then you realize it's like oh it's probably for the best those scenes weren't in there or that yeah that alternate ending wasn't used i don't know i don't yeah. know if you thought ria perlman would have been a better fit for Frau Farbissina, but she was supposed I to feel play like they her.
1: yeah they got someone who looked like uh, Rhea Perlman couldn't make it that day, so let's just get, hold auditions for somebody who looks just like Rhea Perlman, <laughs> right? Oh. Mindy Sterling.
0: I'm not gonna do it because it's gonna like kill people's ears. But it is it, like I, that did make me laugh every time she would like shout whatever the last syllable was, and then and Dr. Evil would just be like, "Oh!" <laughs> like it would scare him every <laughs> single
1: time. <laughs> oh, and she would scream like, "Bring out the guards and all that, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Scott." <laughs> Yeah, don't don't want to do full um, voice right into the microphone. That's that's not going to be that's not going to be a pleasant experience for anybody, except me. No, no. But she'd
1: probably be a hell of a metal singer though.
0: <laughs> yeah, start like for a business. start like a Mastodon tribute band, but it has Mindy Sterling as the lead singer.
1: <laughs> Mindy <laughs> Sterling on the mic, taking over uh, all those bands now, man. I mean, we have time to go on a tangent, like. New Year's Eve, they're like, now coming up on the stage is Journey. I'm like, there's no one from fucking Journey in that band. Neil
0: Shaw's not like, even there anymore? No, it's just him. Oh. It's, just... <laughs> it's like the misfits <laughs> with fucking Jerry only. Like that guy's gonna like be in a casket before he's not in that band.
1: Did I tell did, did I tell you when I went to go see uh I went to go see Volbeat and Trivium uh a few a few years ago with my brother. Uh they brought out Jerry Only and I started a danzig chant like an asshole. <laughs> dude you, <laughs> you i'm like the protector of glenn danzig you really around, are man, man. <laughs> was that michael uh michael graves i got yeah i got into it with him yeah
0: <laughs> i remember that story yeah
1: yeah um
0: i'm sorry no he's he's trying to big time a college kids party so kind of he was kind of had it coming yeah
1: Um, I think I'm. I think I figured out what I want to do for our next movie, but I just don't know. Do you want to do? Um, I'm not saying we have to stop here, but we can do whatever the fuck we want at any point in time on our podcast. But do you would you want to do another comedy, or do you want to go for something different? Well, it's uh, your pick,
0: man. And I feel like I kind of co opted your last one, so I'm I'm definitely not going to give you any notes. I, I just do what you feel, man, because I just I think we really needed this because that the Matrix podcast just got kind of serious.
1: And I just, I, I, agree. I, I think that was. I didn't even take that into consideration. That was a part of why you made that pick. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you made um, the *Austin Powers* pick off the heels of that is true. I think I, I'm glad to see that people weren't like, "Wow, you guys really fucking bum me out about the Matrix podcast," because we got deep with it, but we got real. So whatever. Or maybe but, they
0: thought that, but just nobody said anything.
1: That could be too.
0: Just like, yeah, being, being, be, be supporting us with their silence.
1: Right. Yeah, we, we we check the stats on our awesome powers episode and it's like is this working? Is this on? Did this go anywhere? <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> Fuck. Um I have a few that uh I'm narrowing it down to my head, so let's kill time <laughs> by uh Don't talking say more. we're
0: killing time <laughs>
1: <laughs> you well I don't him. have anything else to say about Austin Powers It's like, it's like I, everybody I
0: just check out For like 10 minutes and then we'll, we'll circle back To the thing you want to hear If, you, if you're if you interested <laughs> in what we're doing next week we're just,
1: Is there anything About Austin Powers we needed to cover that we didn't though? No
0: man I'm I'm all set <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Yeah me too Alright so here's my thing I was it's it, it, This movie jumped out to me For some reason and I know it's not super popular But I really want to do it so I was looking at
0: private parts I thought you would at some, I Wait thought, why? I thought that was coming sooner or later I don't know Really? Yeah I feel like we can
1: wait though because we just did a comedy You know what I'm saying?
0: I mean there's no there's no rule that says we can't do two comedies in a row We've certainly done two action movies in a row
1: Yeah you want to do private parts?
0: Let's do private parts
1: Fuck That's a, that, It's such a good fucking movie dude <laughs> That's gonna be so good Cause I don't know Are you a big Stern fan? I, well
0: we didn't get Stern Until they started syndicating him On one of the classic rock stations In the in the uh, late 90's When I was in high school So I, I didn't Did you grow- watch the show at all though? The E! show? Yeah Um Not very often hmm. I was usually watching Syphil and Ollie During that time Okay It was a show on Fair MTV enough. About sock puppets It was fucking hilarious
1: Jesus Christ! Actually, that sounds a little familiar, but I don't. I, don't, uh, I couldn't pinpoint it if I tried.
0: Yeah. But, um.
1: Uh... Yeah. So, private parts. So that is the uh, biopic from the same year, I believe, also 1997.
0: I think that's correct. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, the Howard Stern biopic. One of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite books. Um, so very excited to talk about that. H- Howard Stern is always a big influence on my life. So, uh, it may be a little bit of a homer pick for me, but hopefully uh you enjoyed on your rewatch. Um but before we get out of here, and this might be one of our shorter podcasts, but sometimes that's gonna happen and sometimes we'll have two and a half hour podcasts. But uh before we get out of here, anything uh anything else, Mike?
0: No, nah, man, take us
1: home. All right. Well hopefully hopefully everyone's New Year's off to a wonderful start. Uh remember to stop saying Happy New Year, it's enough already. <laughs> Um, and with you know, with what's been going on, we lost Bob Saget. Maybe it's not a Happy New Year, but either way, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed us riffing on Austin Powers anything we missed about Austin Powers, hit us up. Let us know. We're not going to take it personally, maybe. Uh, Just Like The Movies pod on Instagram or at Just The Movies on Twitter. Uh, Those are our two main ones. We don't really do Facebook much. We just post the episodes there. But Instagram, Twitter, we're really trying to get more activity going on Twitter because we've been really enjoying the exchanges we're having with people on there. So let's keep that going. And the stuff that we said earlier uh, that we were going to post, we'll we'll get up there uh, and see what you guys think about those. But let us know what you think About the episode And more importantly If you don't mind sharing it On your on your preferred social media app When we post them Or if you have uh, a friend Who likes movies And you want to send them a link We appreciate that But again The Apple ratings Spotify ratings Keep that going Give us five stars If you can If you don't mind it Just takes a few seconds it Doesn't cost any money So we appreciate that uh, But yeah So two weeks from now We'll hit you with uh, Our take on Howard Stern's Private parts We hope uh, everyone's doing well out there so until next time from me and mike here just like the movies be kind rewind, relax be around baby it's freedom baby